Hi everybody, welcome back to another Time Out with Tackle What's Next, where we speak to athletes and executives about how sport has changed and influenced their athletes' lives and the lessons they've learned in life and taken to life after sports. I am so excited to be back. Our first episode of 2022. Uh, it's hard to believe we're already, you know, 12 days in, but I, we have an awesome guest for you here tonight. Uh, I am your host, Danielle Berman. If you've never been to a timeout before, I am the founder and CEO of Tackle What's Next, where we help athletes find purpose and create impact in life outside of the game. Thanks for being here with us tonight. And tonight we're talking to Quentin Williams. He's a former student athlete playing not one, but two sports at Northwestern University. He played football and baseball. He got his master's in sport management and was drafted into Major League Baseball. Now, Quentin now is the founder of World Class Leadership Training, and he ended up developing his own world class method after struggling with post concussion syndrome. He had a lot of anger and confusion that he was dealing with, and he wanted to support others. I'm excited to dig in with him tonight about that. And then after seeing that lack of opportunity for men to feel safe expressing fears and emotions, he created this program to coach current and retired male athletes and really focus on bringing clarity to those struggling um, or recovering after concussions. So uh, I definitely am so excited to speak to Quentin. He does a ton of coaching, development, uh, group retreats, team training. So I'm going to see he's here. I'm going to bring him on. We're going to dig into all this really good stuff here uh, and, and get going. So thanks. Really excited to be back with another time out in 2022. Hello, hello, how's it going? Hey, Danielle, I'm here. It's great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. Where are you calling in from? Where are San you? San Diego. San oh, Diego, yeah. Lovely weather, I'm hoping for you. It it is lovely. I won't lie. It is it's lovely. We're very lucky here. You're in DC? Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. In DC. Cool. It's been it was warmer today, forty degrees ish. So, you know, we're That's nice. There's still a little bit of sun, I think, shining in from the window there. Um, maybe the sun's going down. I don't know. <laughs> it's dark already, but there's a there's light in front of me, so that way you can see me. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's you know, winter, but it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, well thanks Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. I'm really excited to dig into your journey and the work you're doing now. And I kind of want to start right at the beginning. You know, when did you first experience sports? What do you remember, like as a kid, sports meaning to you? Like what, what sports did you pick up first? Like tell us a little bit about how sports came into your life. You know, it's so funny. I was, I was actually recently reflecting on this and I also have my clients reflect on this too. Like, when did you realize you were good at sports? And uh, for me, like I was actually a pretty artistic kid. Like I love like playing around with paint by numbers and those sorts of things. I love, I thought I'd be an artist. I thought I'd be like playing guitar, you know, like on a stage at this point. Um, but sports found me. I, I mean, like I found out I was gifted um, in baseball first. Um, I remember when the coaches were gathered around me at the first organized baseball practice I ever went to, um, they, they started gathering around me and I couldn't tell if like they were gathered around me for a bad reason or a good reason. Right. And they, they like interrupt me from playing catch, you know, on the outfield line. And, you know, they, they said like, oh, Quentin's got a good arm. Wow, really nice. Can you do that again? I'm like, okay, you know, and <laughs> I, I, you know, it wasn't like I had like a, a super unique life up until that point. But I think, you know, at the age of seven, 
um, that's a that's a big turning moment when you realize you're good at something and you have just like a natural gift. Mm -hmm. So um, I built on that. I had you know, luckily I also was uh, a little bit bigger for my age, so I would also play football later that year and. Um, I didn't have as like big of aspirations or even like projections. Like my coaches didn't think I would be that good at football, but I was just bigger. Mm -hmm. And I really tried, I, I think it kind of became a chip on my shoulder. Like I actually really wanted to prove them wrong. And so, um, yeah, I ended up playing two sports in college and um, that's my story. You know, it's, it was, I, I think playing two sports was a real blessing because it actually cross-trained me. I think I became better at both sports yeah. by doing both as long as I did. Um, but yeah, I mean, seven years old is when I learned and, you know, never looked back. Yeah, I, I love that you said sports found you because I think sometimes it's it really is like kids explore what's fun, right? It's just mm -hmm. fun stuff you get involved in and it's being around other kids and, and being able to be outside and all those things that yeah. that's really sometimes where sports finds you is just having a good time. And then yeah. it's it's going from there now. You mentioned playing in college. Uh, you mentioned kind of never looking back. So what, what impact has sports made on you, your life, who you are? Tell us a little bit about what it's meant to you. Well, it's, it's, I think it's great that I said that. With, like sports found me. I don't think I've ever really been able to get sports out of my system, you know, right? mm. really off my back, I would say. Um, so you mentioned I have a, a, man, a sports master's uh, degree in sports management. And um, it was a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> I have a master's degree in sports management, but I actually only got that degree um, for the business components. Um, mm -hmm. I, I figured I have, I have one more year of eligibility. What can I get done in a year uh, in my fifth year in college? And it was sports management. And um, lo and behold, in that sports management program, I learned about all the troubles that a lot of former football players were going through at that time. You know, yeah. That was literally, that was really like the first kind of mental health scare that I would say the sports world experience at least in my experience it was front and center for me um which was like the concussion crisis this is back in like 2012 when it was first starting to take hold and um since then you know th i think thankfully a lot of people have been able to speak up about their mental health struggles and what they do to stay you know on top of their game when it comes to mental performance um and mental just you know wellness but um, I never planned on working in sports. And um, I actually, I don't love sports. Like, I, I really mean it when I say sports found me. Like, I don't, I'm not a sports fanatic. I, I don't like the term fanatic because mm -hmm. if you're fanatical about something, like, what's the point, you know? <laughs> and, and the thing is, like, I always tried to use sports as there was a point, you know? It wasn't just about winning or losing or who can I beat out or how can I be the best. I really always, I think that actually was a strength of mine. I actually had a bigger why behind mm. why we would do things, you know, by the book, why the little things made such a difference. And that reason was, which was instilled in me as a young kid, is like, this translates into life. Yeah. This translates. Like, this is your living life. The way we do one thing is the way we do most things. I've learned that from doing yoga and all these different sports after sport. Like, I've realized how the way that we show up in one area is often the way that we'll show up in most areas. So if you can train your mentality, your attitude, your fight, your grit on the field, I think you're really well prepared for, for life after. And so I always, I always really didn't want to define myself as a, as a jock. You know, I want to be more than a jock. I wanted, I wanted my jockness to, to fuel my life. Right. Mm -hmm. 
I never really knew what that was going to be, but um, turns out I'm working in sports, <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm helping people really cultivate that life of meaning and that bigger why as to why you would go out in the field. Why why would you go and do this and and pursue um, greatness? You know, in sport, it's yeah. because you want to pursue greatness in life, right? Uh, I love that comparison because I think a lot of times there is that disconnect where. You think because you've played sports, you have no experience that translates into real life. And I hear that a lot is I don't I've never had a job or I've never I don't have skills like I've never worked before. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that you saw athletics so differently as like a vehicle to get you where you wanted to go and to give you these lessons that you knew you were going to need regardless of what you decided to do. Yeah. Um, and I think we should all look at sports that way as it's, it's a lesson teacher. It shapes character and it builds skills that all young people should be learning. Uh, so I appreciate you saying that because I think a lot of people learn that way too late um that it, that it translates and i'm glad that you were able to utilize that um so so tell me how did you decide to take that knowledge and help other people like what was that journey like and how why is it so important to you what 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 led you to say hey you know obviously the concussions that you were learning about and seeing the impact but how did you go from wow i want to do something to okay i'm starting this business and I'm going to be a coach and like like walk us through your mindset and just like how you actually got there yeah well I, I want to be the first to say that um, I struggled coming out of sport you know I, I didn't feel like myself without mm. the football helmet on anymore I didn't really feel um, like I could make the impact that I wanted to in the corporate mm -hmm. world at the startups that I worked at um, and while I had my mission you know I knew that I wanted to you know, fight concussions and I wanted to fight mental health, right? Um, I had no idea how I was gonna do it or what tools I was gonna use to get that job done. And, you know, I procrastinated for a long time um, because I, I really, I didn't have that belief in myself. I didn't have that swag to myself that I did on the field. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's, it's strange to be a beginner at something, you know, like working from a desk doing sales for the first time, <laughs> yeah. you know, they say that athletes are great for sales, but not all athletes are great for sales, you know? Right. No, like it's we, a personality thing, right? It's yeah. a personality thing. I, you know, everyone thinks like an athlete's supposed to be good at sales because you're competitive and you can, you know, cut off, I don't know, you can, you can disregard the rejection or the losses and you can just focus on the next play. I could do that, but I, I had a hard time selling something that I didn't believe in, you mm. know? And so I, I, was, I was in sales for several years. I was in account management for six. And I think I really learned through that whole process, like, yeah, I gained a lot of tools, but I want to now sell something that I really care about. And so I started getting to work developing something that I really cared about, which, you know, was um, teaching people about the brain health and then the mental health of life after sport. Um, so I, I do a, a bit of a mix of those two, right? I, I have a history of even post-concussion syndrome in my own experience. Mm -hmm. And so I know the differences between like what people think is CTE, what people think are the symptoms of post-concussion syndrome, what are the symptoms of just everyday life? Like mm -hmm. I, I can digest that with people. Um, and I also have a lot of things that I do that are kind of crazy that really help my brain, you know, when it comes to like long-term health, like I, I jump in ice tubs, I, I meditate for like 10, 20 minutes a day. Um, I do a lot of things that are a little bit outside of the norm because my brain is outside of the norm. Mm. Um, but beyond that, I really think that the hardware that we're using with our brain is 
even more important, like really how are we living life? Um, and to really combat the mental health struggle, concussion or not, um, after sport, every athlete really has to tackle what's next. They really have to be ready for what is next and mm -hmm. get their eyes on it and, and find the mentors and the people around them that are gonna really support them to, to, get, to get after it, you know? Um, because like I found, I didn't have, um, I hadn't sought out the right mentors. You know, I wasn't really ready to let the sport go. I hadn't sought out the right mentors. I, I had a decent idea of what I wanted to do, but I was a little too egotistical to go and like follow like, you know, someone else and do what they mm -hmm. did, right? Um, in a lot of ways, I kind of need an attitude adjustment, you know? But I, I learned I learned that, and over the last several years, I, I got to where I'm at, and, um, you know, I've, through get, through asking someone to put a mirror in front, of me, in front of me and give me feedback, tell me the hard things that I, my ego doesn't want to hear, through putting myself in the uncomfortable situations, um, having tough conversations I've been putting off for years, um, airing out, you know, resentments, you know, mm. that, that have been on my mind for forever, um, talking about traumas that have been there since I was a kid, but never had many people yeah. to talk to about. Um, this is what people call like the work, you know, like you're doing the work, you're doing the work. When you do this work, all these things pop up. Like the work is, is just taking life seriously, you know? It's, and, and that's what I really, um, I love working with people that are ready to take life seriously outside of sport. Yeah, so many good things that you mentioned there. And one, going back to when you talked about, you know, sales and, and why people always say, oh, you know, there are so many great translatable skills that athletes have to be successful in sales. But the most important thing about selling is belief, belief that this is actually mm -hmm. gonna help them, belief that they actually yeah. want this, they could use this, right? And if you don't have that belief, if you're just selling something because it's a job that you have to pay the bills, you're probably not gonna be successful unless you're just naturally amazing at selling. Right. Um, and so I, I think that's a great point that you have to be excited and believe in what you're doing before anybody else is gonna be excited and believe in what you're doing. I mean, if I'm not excited to be here talking to you, no one's gonna show up or tune in later on to check it out. <laughs> and so I think the same thing for you, right? Like if you're not gonna believe and do the work that you're telling your clients and the, the athletes you work with to do, uh, you know, how are they going to know that you're in it with them and you're actually doing your own work? And I think that um, idea of doing the work, just being living life, like, I think that's a big misconception that people think like, at some point, I'm going to be done. Like, I'm going to be like, I made it, I did it. And that's not what life is. It's a journey. And you're never going to be done working on yourself. And you're never going to be done transitioning, growing, tackling what's next, however you want to say it, like there's yeah. always something else to do, something else to work on. Yeah. And so if you're just trying to check off boxes, you're going to get so burnt out so quickly because to go back to your point, and this is what I wanted to ask you more about, is you said like your why is so much bigger than than your your sport or, or the, the, day, the yeah. day things you're doing. Your why is so much bigger. So I want to talk to you about why this balanced lifestyle that you're you're really opting in on all of these non-traditional kind of routines that you're putting in and the meditating and the ice tubs you know tell me about the why tell me about why you're doing this every day and at the end of the day you know tell us how other people can find that why for themselves how did you find that why i think is yeah. really the most important thing mm, i love how you put that um 
the way that I found my why was um, finally slowing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slowing down. Um, thankfully, my, my master's program was at night. It wasn't in the middle of my crazy football schedule. It was at night, it was three hours. We'd get in, we'd get out. And that, that three hours was way more valuable than any 60-minute class I've ever been in, you know, because mm-hmm. you actually got to get in and digest the material. Um, and that, that transgressed into, um, you know, I explored yoga after football. Um, and that's the complete opposite in many ways um, yeah. of the regimented order and strength that it takes to be in football. Um, so for a while there, I just wanted nothing to do with the organized version of sport. I wanted my own artistic version of sport. And I think in that, I really found a lot of peace, a lot of calm, a lot of space, slowing down to actually cultivate what was really important to me. And that's why it's still a practice to me. It's always going to be a practice. Um, you're, you're right. You never get perfect at that. You never really train, you know, to be a certain place. Um, you just, it's always a practice. Some days I don't meditate. Some days I, I don't pray. Some days I don't do breath work. Some days I don't jump in the ice tub. You know, it's not like I have to. These are all just tools that help me um, get back to center, get back to that balance. Balance yeah. is a myth. You know, I think balance is on a spectrum somewhere in the middle. You know, right. And you, we all know when we're off, um, we're out of that spectrum. So, um, you know, some of the things that I think are, are most important are, are slowing down, um, which is why meditation is so important. Uh, but I think that everyone has their own version of meditation. I'm not saying everyone should sit down and, you know, do ohms for 10 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day. You could lay down, you could go run, you could go walk, you could be in nature, find some way to connect to like your inner soul really right mm-hmm. like i think that's the simplest way to put it i'm not going to say god or spirit or your divine you know being right i'm just talking about your soul like everyone everyone here has a soul we all have a soul we all got soul so take space to connect with that every day and through that um it's funny i actually connected with my soul today um and my why on my run i'm mm-hmm. training for a half marathon my first ever so oh, my, my first my first foray back into like competitive sports uh, in 10 years. So I'm excited about that. And it's, it's bringing up this like, this, um, this like intensity with me that I think is really healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because just as we can, um, you know, be slow and slow is powerful. Sometimes we can get stuck in that and we can get stuck in the sludge and the indecision. And so having yes. this like, this thing, this organized regimented thing, for me to push into, like, I was on my run, and I had this guy in my ear, the Nike Run Club app is amazing, if you ever train for a half marathon, this guy's, well, this guys and girls all across the country are in your ear, like, telling you, like, what you should do, what you should be, what you should be focused on, when to dig deep, when to actually coast, and when to actually stay where you're at, and, and like, when they told me to dig deep, I actually thought about, like, I needed to dig deep, I needed to, like, because it was the last couple runs, last couple sprints I was on, and I dug into like, why am I doing the work that I do? Like, why do I exist, mm-hmm. you know? And it really forced me to, to pull into my soul, pull into my heart. Like, like, why am I running this thing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I could be doing anything else in the world. Like, why, why did I sign up for this? What does this represent for me? Mm. What it represents for me is like, is the mental struggles that I've seen so many athletes go through. I've had former teammates of mine from high school take their lives, um, one of which was diagnosed with CTE. We see our, our favorite players. Uh, Junior Seau was a big one here in San Diego. He, had, he made a huge 
mark in this city. He's from here. He's from Oceanside, California. And, um, I actually talked to one of his, um, one of his close friends just a couple weeks ago. And what he told me, and I'd love to get him onto your show too, because he used to run uh, Junior's nonprofit. Mm. He had a very close relationship with Junior. And he knew Junior those last several years of his life. And he felt what Junior was going through. And he mm. knew, he saw what I'm doing, what you're doing. And he said, wow, if stuff like this was around when Junior was, you know, on his decline, like, he would probably still be here. Yeah, it's, it's, that's so powerful to, to think about. And to go back to your running example, you said, you know, what's the reason why I'm doing this? Like, why, why am I even doing the work? Yeah. And I think that's important. If you're doing the work just because you think you should or because you're like, yeah. oh, I felt like doing this today. You also mentioned earlier, like, balance is a myth. And I 100% agree. It's about whatever you need to do that day that's going to yeah. help you find your center, like you said, but also just like get through what you need to get through. You know, you might not run every day, you might not walk 10,000 steps a day, but like maybe tomorrow you're going to do 20,000. And today you just need to rest like whatever you need. Mm -hmm. But I think to your point, it's about understanding yourself connecting with you and being able to reach yourself at all times to say, what do I need right now? Why am I doing this? Like being able to reach that inner voice, that soul you were talking about, I think is yeah. so important. And I don't think we do that enough just as humans. We're just go, 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 go. Yeah. And we don't take the time that we need because all these competing distractions are yelling at us to do this or do that or, you know, mm -hmm. five tips to get to this, right? Like all of those kinds of things. Um, so I feel like we're getting like an inside scoop of some of the things that you're you're doing in your workshops and your courses. So uh, I know we have just a few minutes left and, and I want to really talk to you about advice that you have for for work, people that might be athletes that are thinking about graduating or retiring, maybe mm -hmm. they already have and they're trying to kind of figure out their next move. Um, how what advice do you have for them on how to set yourself up? for success outside of the game? Is there something that you did that you recommend or maybe you don't recommend? Yeah. Um, you mentioned mentorship, but is there anything else that, that you think athletes right now should be thinking about? What can they start doing today um, to kind yeah. of prepare themselves for this, this journey that's going to continue like we talked about, but you know, to be successful on it? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's great. Um, so I, ha I have a method that, that worked for me. Okay. And, and the way that it worked for me was like, I was going through a lot of, you mentioned like earlier, frustration, anger, a lot of the, the moodiness that comes along with like what people think is CTE. Um, you know, um, Antonio Brown right now is like a, a classic example of like what people think looks, what, what CTE looks like. I was going through some of those same sorts of like bouts with uh, depression, with like anxiety, um, with moodiness. And I had post-concussion syndrome too. So I had headaches, I had nausea, I had all these different things. Um, and what wasn't working for me was not taking action mm. on the things that I really wanted to do. What was actually holding me back the most was um, procrastinating, holding back my thoughts, holding back my feelings, um, not having people to talk to. And so like this all culminated for me in developing a method called the world-class method. And it's, it's what I used to dig myself out and put myself in a place to lead, you know, mm -hmm. to, lead, to lead men where I do now. Like I mostly coach men, I coach 
um, and through groups, um, through team environments as well, uh, preparing some college uh, and pro sport um, programming right now. I'm really excited about, but, um, you know, in order to even step into that, I really had to remember who I was, mm. you know? And so um, the first step in my, in my process is really remembering who you are, not who you were on the field, but who you are just naturally, right? Like who, who you've been since the beginning of time. It's always been there. And knowing who you are, now you can figure out where you want to go. And so then we come up with like what that clear vision is. That's the second step. Um, my third step is really tapping into like, what are your habits? What are the things that uh, help you get to where you really want to go? So, you know, we, we tie in all the rigorous things that, that I do. Uh, maybe there's things that, that people do that really support them. Like, let's, let's build off of those. But, you know, what are your habits and are, are you, what are you committed to? You know, this, that's yeah. really gut check time. Um, and then the last two pieces are really, really, really important. I, I think relationships are very heavily overlooked. Um, I, can, I can say that from my perspective, right? Like I mentioned earlier, you mentioned networking being really important, right? Like I think that's a fancy word for just giving a crap about people, you yeah. know? Like that's really what it is. No one wants to network with someone who just wants uh, to get your phone number and email exactly. and connection. Just wants a job or something, right? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, and um, networking starts in the locker room. If you're a current athlete, starts in the locker room. Give a crap about your teammates. Give a crap about, you know, why they're showing up or why they're not showing up. How are they doing mentally, emotionally, spiritually? What's mm. their soul like right now? So if you want to practice, practice at home, you know? And I do think that translates into real life. That translates into business success. Um, you and I wouldn't be on this call right now if we didn't have a relationship a year ago. Exactly. You know, right? Um, and we're always trying to add value to each other's lives. Um, and so I think that relationships are huge and often a lot of athletes kind of stray away because they've been the leader, they've been the lonely one, the lone wolf at it all this time. And so finding the right mentors, finding the right tribe around you is really important. That's, that's step number four. Hmm. And the last step is the uncomfortable action that you've been avoiding. Like I said, for me, that was uncomfortable conversations with friends that I felt like, um, you know, had certain attitudes or, you know, like, like weren't, weren't there for me the way that I wanted them, or I hadn't voiced my expectations clearly enough for them to be there the way that I wanted to. Um, or I wasn't stepping up to the plate and being the friend that I really wanted to be. Um, or um, family, right? We all have family stressors and we have right. um, versions of ourselves that are shown to us when we're around family. It's why I, um, I hosted a couple workshops around the holidays called the Holiday Fix. Like yes. um, so many of us get triggered around our parents, around our, 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 uh, some of our close, closest friends and even our brothers and sisters. And so um, I was really trying to arm people with some tools to address those situations and get ahead of them. Mm -hmm. um, and there's some really simple things, you know, um, like taking responsibility. Um, but really, all that, all that goes to say is that the uncomfortable conversations, like that's where freedom is. That's mm -hmm. where the true liberation is. That's where the feeling of flow is, is getting uncomfortable. So that's the, that's the fifth and final step of my process. And, you know, we got to do that throughout our lives. It's not something we just do in seasons. Yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 how it that's how it works. It's, that's what worked for me, and it's it's still working. It's still a process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it builds off each other. Like I think that's really important. And and you know, as folks are thinking about what works for them, I love that you have these steps. But it's not 
do this one thing. It's do right. something that does this for you. And I think that's the idea is it's going to be, there, there is a process you can use, but it's going to still be about you. You still need to understand yourself and what's going to work for you yeah. before this process can work for you. Because yeah. what you're doing, Q, is different from what I'm going to need to do to get yeah. to my spot where I feel comfortable in control, ready to tackle whatever I need to do. Right. Um, and so I think that's important to remember, too. So thank you for walking us through that. And and I know we're, we're coming, we're, we're over time, so I appreciate you giving us even extra time. Um, but my last question for you is, you know, what's next for uh, your academy. You mentioned doing a couple workshops over the Christmas holiday. You mentioned some college or team opportunities. So tell us what's coming up. Tell us what's next for you. And of course, tell us how can we connect with you? How can we learn more about the different workshops, resources, courses you have? Um, yeah. And if people want to reach out, how can they find you? Yeah, perfect. So like I said, we do have some college programming coming out. I'm partnering up with uh, Athlete Soul to do that. Um, which you're you're looped in on but um i i would say like the, the big picture guys is i have um i have a few ways that i support people and that you can get you know to work with me um the free way um is jump onto my website um i actually just updated this go to athletearchetype.com mm. athletearchetype.com and that'll take you to a quiz it's a 10 question quiz takes less than five minutes it'll walk you through um and give you an idea of what your athlete archetype was while you were playing sport, if you're a former athlete. Um, were you, um, were, were, were you um, the leader by example? Were you the vocal leader? Were you the, the leader that, um, that was more like the offensive lineman, defensive lineman, the, the unsung hero, right? Were you the playmaker on the field? And the, the key to this is that can translate into real life. And you can be a team captain from any area of the field any area of the court, anybody can be a team captain, not just the point guard or the center, right? Yeah. And so the, 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 the mission of this quiz is to support people with understanding how do they show up on the field and on the court and how can they cap, you know, capitalize on that and be a team captain in life after sport, in their career, in their relationships, use their leadership style to their advantage and really be successful. So check out athletearchetype.com. Take the five minute quiz. I'll give you a bunch of PDFs and emails afterwards that'll give you tons of information about how to make the most of your archetype. Um, and then beyond that, I offer I offer one on one coaching. I have a couple spots open for that. If that's of interest, there's a free um, you know call you can set up with me. But also, I have a wait list right now open, um, and it'll be going up for sale next month. Um, so get on the wait list if you want like early discounted pricing for my wheelhouse program. Wheelhouse is my mm -hmm. men's program um, for retired athletes. And I'm, I'm a guy, uh, I know what it's like to be in a locker room and I try to recreate and deepen that locker room experience in real life after sport and support guys with all the emotional, social, um, you know, habits, um, vision-based tools that it takes to really be successful outside of sport. Because we all miss our team. We all miss having a coach and having that constant feedback that we had yeah. in sport. So this is a way to um, put, put a container and structure around your life after sport the way that you had uh, in your career. So oh, that, that, awesome. to access that, go to my website or check out wheelhouse12.com. Um, so the two websites I can drop them to you uh, was athletearchetype.com for the quiz and wheelhouse12.com for the group program. 
Awesome. And we'll make sure we put those uh, somewhere in the notes for people to find. And um, I just want to say thank you for taking so much time with us tonight. It was awesome to chat. I love what you're doing. Obviously, like you said, it's been great to be able to, to work with you and collaborate over the last year and even just connect and catch up and, and all of that. So I'm excited for what's coming up. And, and thanks again for being here and sharing so much great advice. I mean, I think a lot of people get a lot from this and just connecting with themselves and the importance of understanding yourself in the process of figuring out what's next or figuring out, yeah. you know, what else you are. So yeah. really appreciate you taking the time and being here with us. Thank you, Danielle. I think you, you hit the nail on the head earlier. I think it does start with you and understanding who you are. This is not, my process or anyone's process should not be dictating what you do or how you do it. It's, it's about really cultivating who you are as an individual, what your real unique identity is outside of sport. So um, kudos to you for doing what you do. Um, love what you're up to. Can't wait to be a part of it this year. And thank you for having me on. Yeah, likewise. Can't wait for more collaborations. Thanks for being here and have a great night. We'll see everybody next time. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everybody. Bye. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Time Out with Tackle What's Next. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you learned a lot from our awesome guest. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can reach even more incredible listeners. And be sure to share this episode with a friend who you think would love this conversation. Thank you to Isabel Patterson and Olivia Peters from Team Tackle What's Next for their help editing this series. We'll see you next time for another Time Out with Tackle What's Next.